Welcome to Zichud Daf Siman Member Bei Ram Goldai and today Moseches Yavamis Daf Lamed Alf the third parak or Baachim. So the three topics we're going to focus on number one on Daf Lamed Amid Beis Rabbah said that we do not prohibit a woman who has a chazaka to marry anyone on the basis of a suffix. Abai continues to challenge Rabbah here with a mission that teaches that if a house collapsed on a man and his niece whom he was married to and it's not known which of them died first, her tsar does chalitz but may not be taken in yibum. She cannot do yibum because if the husband died first, she is a tsar of an erva. She has to do chalitz, but perhaps the niece died before her husband, in which case she would be mutter to the yavam. We see from this mission that even though the tsar has a chazaka to marry anyone, she is prohibited to do so without chalitz due to a suffolk. And if you'll say that the requirement for chalitz is a chumrah, it cannot be, since chumrah dasile de klu. It's a chumrah that will lead to a leniency. For if you'll say she requires chalitz, she may come to be taken in yibum. The Gemara gives two answers, the first one being that in the case of divorce, which is a common occurrence, the rabbis decreed that she does not do chalitza, since it might lead to yibum. But in the case of the mapolis, the collapsed house, which is not a common occurrence, the rabbis did not decree to not do chalitza out of concern it will lead to yibum. Point number two, the more challenges the notion that the reason the Mishnah did not include a Suffolk case of a throne get was because in that case the chalitza would not be done, since it might lead to yibum. It was taught in the Mishnah and Gittin, if a get was thrown in Rishus Rabbim in a land between the man and the woman, leading to a suffolk, Mugareshes ve'enu Mugareshes, she is divorced and is not divorced. And it was taught that one of the implications of not being divorced is that if she was an erva to her husband's brother, her tsar requires chalitza. And we do not say that we do not require her to do chalitza, for if we do, it might lead to her being taken in Yibum. The more answer is that it was stated regarding this Mishnah, that Rabbah and Rav Yosef say, we're dealing with two sets of witnesses, where one set says it was closer to her, and the other says it was closer to him. In such a case, it's a Suffolk Doraisa. Rashi explains that since there are two witnesses who say it was closer to her, we cannot use the principle of Chazaka to resolve the Suffolk for her tsara and release her from a Chalitza. Our mission is dealing with one set of witnesses, where one says it fell closer to her, and the other one said it fell closer to him, and therefore it is a Suffolk the Rabbanan. The Gemara will successfully refute this answer. And pointing with you, the next Mishnah states, Three brothers are married to three unrelated women, and one of the brothers dies childless, and the second one does mimer and then dies. Both of these widows must do chalitza, but they may not be taken in yimum. But the Pasuk states, And one of them dies, her yavam shall have relations with her. This teaches that Yibam applies to a woman who has on her a zika of one deceased brother, but does not have on her the zika from two deceased brothers. Rabbi Shimon says, The third brother can do Yibam to whichever one he wants, but must do Chalitza to the other. Rashi explains that it was already taught in the second paragraph that Rabbi Shimon does not hold that zika affects a partial acquisition, resulting in this case of a double zika. Rather, he's in doubt whether Marmor works completely to make the first widow the first Yavam's full wife, or if it does not work at all, in which case the Yavam fell to the Yavam from her first husband. So once again, the three points are number one. On Dafalam and Amabes, Rabbah said that we do not prohibit a woman who has a chazaka to marry anyone on the basis of a suffix. Abai continues to challenge Rabbah here with a mission that teaches that if a house collapsed on a man and his niece whom he was married to, and it's not known which of them died first, her tsar does chalitz but may not be taken in yibum. She cannot do yibum because if the husband died first, she is a tsar of an erva. She has to do chalitz, but perhaps the niece died before her husband, in which case she would be mutter to the yavam. We see from this mission that even though the tsar has a chazaka to marry anyone, she is prohibited to do so without chalitz due to a suffix. And if you'll say that the requirement for chalitz is a chumrah, 
It cannot be, since it's a churma that will lead to a leniency. For if you'll say she requires chalitza, she may come to be taken in Yibum. The Gemara gives two answers, the first one being that in the case of divorce, which is a common occurrence, the rabbis decreed that she does not do chalitza, since it might lead to Yibum. But in the case of the Mapolis, the collapsed house, which is not a common occurrence, the rabbis did not decree to not do chalitza out of concern it will lead to Yibum. Point number two, the more challenges the notion that the reason the Mishnah did not include a Suffolk case of a throne get was because in that case the chalitza would not be done since it might lead to Yibum. It was taught in the Mishnah again, if a get was thrown in Rishus Rabbim in a land between the man and the woman, leading to a Suffolk, Mugareshes ve'en Mugareshes, she is divorced and is not divorced. And it was taught that one of the implications of not being divorced is that if she was an erva to her husband's brother, her tsar requires chalitza. And we do not say that we do not require her to do chalitza, for if we do, it might lead to her being taken in Yibum. The more answer is that it was stated regarding this Mishnah, that Rabbah and Rabbi Yosef say, we're dealing with two sets of witnesses, where one set says it was closer to her, and the other says it was closer to him. In such a case, it's a Suffolk Doraisa. Rashi explains that since there are two witnesses who say it was closer to her, we cannot use the principle of Chazaka to resolve the Suffolk for her tsara and release her from a Chalitza. Our mission is dealing with one set of witnesses, where one says it fell closer to her, and the other one said it fell closer to him, and therefore it is a Suffolk the Rabbanan. The Gemara will successfully refute this answer. And point number three, the next Mishnah states, Three brothers are married to three unrelated women, and one of the brothers dies childless, and the second one does mimer and then dies. Both of these widows must do chalitza, but they may not be taken in Yimum. But the Pasuk states, And one of them dies, her Yavam shall have relations with her. This teaches that Yibam applies to a woman who has on her a zika of one deceased brother, but does not have on her the zika from two deceased brothers. Rabbi Shimon says, The third brother can do Yibam to whichever one he wants, but must do Chalitza to the other. Rashi explains that it was already taught in the second parak that Rabbi Shimon does not hold that zika affects a partial acquisition, resulting in this case of a double zika. Rather, he's in doubt whether Mamre works completely to make the first widow the first Yavam's full wife, or if it does not work at all, in which case the Yavam fell to the Yavam from her first husband. All right, so now we go to our Simmerdaf Lamedalf, and our standard Simmon is a judge, because Lamedalf reminds us of law, and we use a judge to make it a little more distinct. So here goes. The Chalitza judge was having a rough day when he gave up trying to determine who died first in a collapsed building, a husband or his wife who was his niece, and then had to listen to two sets of witnesses arguing over where a throne get had landed, while a woman complained in the background about the stress of having two Zikas. Once again, in slow motion. The Chalitza judge, judge, that must be more duff, the law. The Chalitza judge was having a rough day when he gave up trying to determine who died first in a collapsed building, a husband or his wife who was his niece, which reminds us of Bayi Challenge Rabbi who said that we do not prohibit a woman who has a chazak to marry anyone on the basis of a suffolk. From the case of a mapolis, where a house collapsed on a man and his niece, whom he was married to, and it's not known which of them died first, her tsar does chalitza and may not be taken in Yibum. So we see from this Mishnah that even though the tsar has a chazaka to marry anyone, she's prohibited to do so without chalitza, due to a suffolk. The Gemara gives two answers, the first one being that in the case of divorce, which is a common occurrence, the rabbis decreed that she does not do chalitza, since it might lead to Yibum. 
In the case of the Mapolis, the collapsed house, which is not a common occurrence, the rabbis did not decree to not do chalitza out of concern. It will lead to yibum. So the chalitza judge was having a rough day when he gave up trying to determine who died first in a collapsed building, a husband or his wife, who was his niece, and then had to listen to two sets of witnesses arguing over where a thrown get had landed. Which reminds us, the Gemara attempts to explain the difference between our mission with the case of throwing the Kedushin, which results in a suffolk, and the case from a mission in Gidden, which deals with throwing a get, which results in a suffolk, by explaining that in Gidden we're dealing with two sets of witnesses, where one set said it was closer to her, and the other set says it was closer to him. In such a case, it's a suffolk derisa. Rashi explains that since there are two witnesses who say it was closer to her, we cannot use the principle of chazaka to resolve the suffolk for her tzara and release her from chalitza. Our mission is dealing with one set of witnesses where one says it fell closer to her and the other said it fell closer to him. And therefore it is a suffolk the Rabbanan. The Gemara will successfully refute this answer. So the Chalitza judge, who was having a rough day when he gave up trying to determine who died first in the collapsed building, a husband or his wife who was his niece, and then had to listen to two sets of witnesses arguing over where a thrown get had landed, while a woman complained in the background about the stress of having two Zikas. Which reminds us, it's Melchokas Hanukkah Rabbi what a woman does if she has two Zikas on her, which resulted from one brother doing mimer with her before passing away, and her falling to Yibum to her third brother. The Tanakhama holds that the Pasuk teaches that she cannot do Yibum, since Yibum is only permitted when there is one Zika on her, not two. Rabbi Shimon does not hold that there can be two Zikas. He has a suffolk whether Mimer works completely to make the first widow the first Yavam's full wife, or it does not work at all, in which case the Yavama fell to the Yavam from her first husband. So once again, the Chalitza judge was having a rough day when he gave up trying to determine who died first in a collapsed building, a husband or his wife who was his niece, and then had to listen to two sets of witnesses arguing over where a thrown get had landed, while a woman complained in the background about the stress of having two Zikas. All right, now it's time for four blah blah chazar. Dav Chavzain. So the symbol Dav Chavzain is a kazoo. So here goes. The kids who blew their Zika alert kazoos, kazoos, that must be more on Dav Chavzain. The kids who blew their Zika alert kazoos at the sorrows of two sisters who did chalitza to warn them that they were not released yet, which reminds us, Ravashi explained Shmuel's ruling that if the Yavam performs chalitza with two sisters, the tsaros are not released is based on the view that there is Zika. And the reason why the tsaros are not released when the Yavam performs chalitza with the sisters is because the Zika is not strong enough to make the tsaros of an erva through the Zika equal to the erva through Zika herself. And Rashi explains that the Rabban decreed a Zika in the case of Ahu Zukuka, so making the sister of a Zukuka like an erva. Now while this on a Rabban level forbids her tsara from Yibum, it's not strong enough to classify her as an erva like it does with the tsara of a Deraisa erva. Therefore, the tsaras require chalitza as well. So the kids who blew their Zika alert kazoos at the tsaras of two sisters who did chalitza to warn them that they were not released yet, where one was a Baal's get and the other a Baal's mimer, which reminds us, the Gemara asks, in a case in which a man's brother died childless, leaving two widows, and the Yavim gave a get to one widow and did mimer with the other one, which one should the Yavim do chalitza with? Do we say that the one that received the get should do chalitza, the askhubad b'chalitza, because the Yavim has already started the chalitza process with her? Or do we say it's preferred to do chalitza with the one he did mimer with, Mishim de Krobalabia, because since he did mimer with her, she's closer than her tsara to doing yibum with the Yavim, and therefore the chalitza is a stronger chalitza. The Gemara concludes that they're equal and neither takes precedence. So the kids who blew their Zika alert kazoos at the Tsaros of two sisters who did chalitza to warn them that they were not released yet, where one was a Baal's get and the other a Baal's mimer, were told to stop blowing when they were notified that in fact the first sister died before doing chalitza and the second one was taken in Yibum. 
which reminds Rav Huna said in the name of Rav, in the case of two sisters who married two brothers, who fall to one Yovam, if the first widow died before doing Chalitza, then he may take the second sister in Yibum. The more clarifies that even though Rav holds of the principle of Shekol Yavama She'ein Anikoraba B'Shas Navila Yavama Yavo Aleha Harizoke Eishas Ach She'eish Levanim Any Yavama that I cannot call the time she fell to Yibam a Yavama is considered like the wife of a brother who has children and is forbidden to the Yavam forever. He says it only applies when it's dealing with the Doraisa of Achos Isha. But in the case with two sisters where it's only a Zika Derabanan it does not apply. Dav Chav Ches So the same Dav Chav Ches is a strong man. So here goes. The strong man, strong man, that must be learned off Chavches. The strong man who did Yibum to one of two sisters, because the other was an heir to him, though his brother could not do the same, which reminds us the Mishnah Dav Chavav Amarav had stated that in the case of two sisters falling to two brothers for Yibum, if one of the sisters is an heir to one of the brothers, then the brother is forbidden to take her, but is permitted to take her sister in Yibum. The Gemara asks why this was taught when we already learned it in the Mishnah Dav Chav Amarav with the case of two sisters who fall to one brother and one of the sisters is an heir to the Yavam. And the Mishnah states, her sister, who is her fellow Yavama, may either do Chalitza or be taken in Yibum. The Gemara will discuss why the Mishnah needed to repeat it. So the strong man who did Yibum to one of two sisters, because the other was an erva to him, though his brother could not do the same, discovered they were daughters born out of wedlock, which reminds us, Ravina said that Ravichia's rule applies to all the arise listed in the first Mishnah from the case of a mother-in-law and onward, but does not include the first six cases related to daughters and granddaughters. The reason is that this rule could only apply to daughters that were conceived out of wedlock, for then they could be two sisters that were daughters from two brothers from the same woman. And our Mishnah only deals with cases of marriage, not with cases where a woman was violated. So, the strong man who did Yibum to one of two sisters because the other was an heir to him, though his brother could not do the same, discovered they were daughters born out of wedlock, and that Rebbe Shimon punches his brother from doing Yibum or Chalitza because of Ishel Ochosa, which reminds me, brings a price to the top, Rebbe Shimon punches both sisters of Alt Yibum to one Yavam from Chalitza and Yibum for the Pasuk states, the Ishel Ochosa, you shall not take a woman in addition to her sister to make them sorrows. This teaches, that at the time that two sisters become sorrows to one another by falling to the same man for Yibum, you shall not have a marital bond with even one of them. Davchavtes, so the sim Davchavtes is a cot. So here goes. When the Mufna brother sleeping in the cot, cot, that must be more in Davchavtes. When the Mufna brother sleeping in the cot was woken and did mimer with one of two sisters, which reminds us that the next mission brings about folks regarding to what degree mimer is considered like a full marriage. The case is when there are three brothers, two of whom were married to two sisters, Vechad Mufna, and one is not married. One of the sisters' husbands dies childless, and the Mufna does mimer with the widow, and then the second brother dies childless. So the second sister now falls to Yibum to the Mufna. The mimer wife stays with him, and the second sister goes out without Yibum or Chalitza, because she is his wife's sister. But Basil is saying he must terminate his mimer wife with a get and Chalitza, and his brother's wife with Chalitza. This is the case in which they say, Oilo al oilo Woe to him over his own wife, and woe unto him over his brother's wife. This is because the Mufna loses both women. So when the Mufna brother sleeping in the cot was woken and did mimer with one of two sisters, he knew that her sister who then fell to him for Yibum did not ask her as mimer wife as Akuzuku Kaso, 
which reminds of Rabbi said, do not say that Maimer according to Beishamai, Kone Kinyan Gamur, is a complete Kinyan of the Yavama, so that if the Yavam wants to send her out, I get a sufficient. Rather, Maimer according to Beishamai, in a Kone El Litchos, but does not make a Kinyan except regarding being Doch and the Maimer's rival Yavama, which in this case is her sister. Ravashi teaches that Rabbi said a different version of Beishamai, which the Gemara comes to refute. So, when the Mufna brother sleeping in the cot was woken, and then Maimer with one of two sisters, he knew that her sister who then fell to him for Yibum, not us or his mimer wife, as Akos Zukukaso. But he was too sleepy to remember if the mimer was like Nesun or like Erison requiring chuppah and her consent. Which reminds Rabba asks, Mimer Beishamai Nesun Oso or Erison Oso? Mimer according to Beishamai. Does it affect Nesun or does it affect Erison? If it works like Erison, she would require chuppah with her consent. Daf Lamed. So the Simon Daf Lamed is a Molamed, a Rebbe. So here goes. The Rebbe, Rebbe. That must be more Daf Lamed, Molamed. The Rebbe, whose principal forbade him to discipline his class one moment, and realized he wouldn't be able to discipline them forever, which reminds us that if a Yavim's wife's sister felt him for Yibam once from one brother, which of course he couldn't do, and then again after his wife passed away and her Yavim passed away, Behold, the sister of his deceased wife is forbidden to him forever, since she was forbidden to him at one time when her first husband passed away, and she fell to him in Yibam. So the Rebbe, whose principal forbade him to discipline his class one moment, and realized he wouldn't be able to discipline them forever, couldn't stop the boys from throwing paper, who claimed they were playing the Suffolk Kedushin game, which reminds us the fifth mission that Dov states for Kulan, and all of them referring to the 15 cases of Arias listed in the first Mishnah of the Masechta. If they were in a state of a Suffolk Kedushin or Suffolk Gerishin, their Tsaros require Chalitza, since there's a possibility that they're not Tsaros of an Erva, but may not be taken in Yibum, since there's a possibility that they are Tsaros of an Erva. The mission explains that a Suffolk Kedushin is if the husband who has since passed away had thrown the Kedushin, referring to either money or the Shtar to the Erva, and it was a Suffolk where that landed closer to him or it landed closer to her. It then gives three examples of what a Suffolk Gerishin is. So the Rebbe, whose principal forbade him to discipline his class one moment, and realized he wouldn't be able to discipline them forever, couldn't stop the boys from throwing paper, who claimed they were playing the Suffolk Kedushin game, after he told them the Suffolk Gerishin game isn't played like that. Which reminds us, the Gemara notes that the Mishnah did not present a case of a Suffolk Gerishin where a get was thrown and it was a Suffolk if it landed closer to him or to her, like it did with a Suffolk Kedushin, which Rashi explains implies that the divorce would not be valid and the Tsar would not even require Chalitza since she's considered a Tsara of an Erva. The Gemara asked why is divorce different and Rabbi answered, This woman referring to the Tsara of the Erva had a Chazaka of one who was permitted to marry anyone after her husband's death, and on account of a suffix, you're coming to prohibit her? Do not prohibit her based on a suffix. Abaya challenges this answer. All right, that concludes today's shir. This is Rabbi Avram Golan Zichu. a great day and great learning.